Let's see what the stew has for us today. Welcome to the Gnomecast, Gnome Stew's tabletop gaming advice podcast. Here we talk with the other gnomes about gaming things to avoid becoming part of the stew, so I guess we'd better be good. This episode is brought to you by our awesome Patreon backers like the captivating Carla Everson, Bob's mom, the dutiful Doug Roz, and the singular Craig. Today we have myself, Ange, along with Jared and Senda, and we're going to talk about the necessity of gaming online, considering the world's current situation. Before we dive into that main topic, though, I want to go back a little bit in history and ask our Get to Know a Gnome question. What was your first experience gaming online like? I'm going to go with Jared. Okay, well, I jumped into the deep end with my first online gaming experience, and I immediately started running Marvel Heroic through Google Hangouts and streaming it to YouTube right off the bat. Wow. Because when, when was this? Uh, oh god, this was back when Marvel Heroic was fairly new. So there was not a lot of pre-existing online gaming content at this point in time. It was like right before that everything kind of the floodgates kind of opened up with that. And um and the thing was you didn't even see many people using Twitch to do this. It was like, "Oh yeah, we can stream this directly to YouTube from uh Google Hangouts. Google Hangouts will be around forever. This works so well." <laughs> oh no. <laughs> But uh, there is actually a record of my first uh, session on my YouTube channel with me running Marvel Heroic the very first time. So if you want to see how awkward it was, it's right there. <laughs> Senda, how about you? I So this is really interesting because I, I have like three different stories and I'm trying to figure out which one counts. So <laughs> the, the very, 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 very first time I ever tried to play a game online, my favorite GM in college was like, um, when he left, because he graduated before the rest of us, and the rest of us were still there, he was like, I want to run a game via text. And we were like, okay. And then he was like, cool, let's do it. And then we tried it, and the rest of us typed so much faster than he could respond to all of us. <laughs> then it lasted like one one-hour session, and he was just like, no, we're done. I'm not. I can't run this by chat. Y'all are too off the wall. And it, I mean, it, we were playing, you know, D&D 3.5, so like he had a lot of things that he needed to manage. There are plenty of games that you can play effectively by text and chat. That's just a hard one, <laughs> especially like real time live. There are five people typing at you. And as the GM, you're trying to type back at all of them. So I think that was probably my first first one. And then uh, I'm going to skip over the middle one, which just encompasses when I learned that you kind of all have to be present or y'all have to be online to really be effective because I had weird experiences with like four of us are here in person and one person is there by computer and like the delay is a thing <laughs> yeah like it just doesn't it's a thing and then i ended up playing a pathfinder campaign for several months via roll 20 before doing some games online myself for the first time and uh an interesting game <laughs> <laughs> what about you Ange? yeah so i you know technically i guess you could say you know i i, I kind of discovered mushes in the in the early mid nineties, and that kind of that taught me how to type really fast. <laughs> oh yeah! Boy, and then I found fast. EverQuest, and while neither of these things is tabletop role playing game, they put me in line to find people in EverQuest who wanted to play D and D together. And so some folks in my guild were like, "Let's play D and D." And so we had a, a very a short campaign. 
that we played online. I don't, I do not remember what the name of the interface was, but it was a, a virtual tabletop where we had a, a map he could set up and put stuff in and prep it up and we could roll in the interface, but there was no voice. It was all just text, you know, text-based. So we all had to type stuff. And that was my first experience playing online. And it was, it, it, it did two things for me. It, like, you know, showed me that, you know, there was this difference between mushing and playing an actual, an actual role-playing game rather than just talking back and forth in a mush, and two, made me really, really, really want to have a face-to-face -face game again, which was kind of the, the inspiration for me to go out and find a face-to-face -face group, which led to the people I still game with today. And of course, now it's all come full circle, and I'm gaming online with all of these people again <laughs> because of social distancing. Yay! So yay! <laughs> which is why we're talking about this, because I think that, and this is this is something I've had to like go through for me personally, so I'm going to create... A, uh, a a bridge for you here from the question into the topic. I think that it's really important that we talk about this because, at least for me personally, it's really key for me to be able to engage in gaming in a way that is still as satisfying as it is to me in person. And part of that has been less of taking a game and being like, how do I make it work online, right? Like, I'm going to uh, like so that it feels like an experience that is less than it would be for me in person and being able to take a game online and be like, this is the kind of experience I could only have online. So it's really cool that I can do this and that I have the opportunity to explore these yeah. things right now. Anyway, that's a thing that I have been experiencing yeah. recently. <laughs> and that is a very good bridge, you know, because for the foreseeable future, this is going to be our norm. And, you know, I know I, for one need to have gaming in my it's life. It's really important. <laughs> if I don't have gaming in my life, it's there's problems. Things will go downhill rapidly. <laughs> I can And I think I think I remember you I think I remember having a conversation on a previous Gnomecast episode, Jared, where you mentioned how you absolutely you discovered that you absolutely needed gaming in your life yeah, too. Yeah, I there was a point in time when I was uh working like 16-hour days. And the days that I had off, I had decided not to do gaming. And I started realizing that even if it was just playing, even if it was finding something that was more minimalist, I had to keep doing that because not having that, it wasn't saving me time for me to relax doing something else. It was me not being able to game and building up more stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds awful. Mm-hmm. So as we kind of dive into this topic, I wanted to cover a few of the, 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 the kind of overall basic things to keep in mind. Like the first one I want to talk about is know your tech comfort level, because there are plenty of very simple options and there are plenty of complicated options. And, you know, just because you're used to doing D and D with all the maps and minis doesn't mean you need to hurt yourself trying to figure out an interface you're not comfortable with. Now that's not saying don't do that if you want to do that, but don't feel like you have to. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and 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 it's interesting to you know take advantage of some of the things that you get from the online platforms. Like if you are playing that kind of D and D game. There's some really neat stuff even just on Roll20 with like the fog of war in terms of revealing maps and stuff that is actually yeah. way more effective than what you can do in real life. 
And and one of the things I'll say is is Roll Twenty has a lot of fantastic character sheets. Yeah, they do. Where you just you know you're going to have to invest some time up front to you know load all the information into the character sheets, but it's really really nice to be able to say okay you're rolling your attack now, just roll your attack click and in the, the Savage Worlds now. sheet we're using you click the button and it rolls your attack and then there's a button there that you hit to roll your damage and it's like it's all taken care of it's all right there in front of you but you don't have to use that if you don't want to yeah yeah i I was gonna say when um i am comfortable playing in uh for example roll 20 i cannot use it to run a game because the part of my brain that runs a game does not there's too much cognitive load switching from playing with the widgets in roll 20 to running a game for me Mm -hmm. it's it's too much of a cognitive load it's not too much of a cognitive load to know how roll 20 works it's switching between game facilitator brain and playing with a a widget brain. You know, that that is too much of a divide for me. But I can play, you know, if somebody's running something, I can click on the little thing and move my token around and all that. And it works perfectly fine for me. Yeah. I, and it's like, like I said, know your comfort level. Yeah. I mean, I usually end up using Roll20 in my games um, because it's nice to have a shared table space. And mm-hmm. I don't usually even these days end up playing games that require any kind of mapping or anything whatsoever. But sometimes you need a shared table space to like plop an image in or to like draw a really quick, like, you know, here's the circle with the rune in it or whatever it is. And having it in that way works for me the best because I'm not trying to deal with too much technology at the same time, which is cool. I have a, um, uh, a friend is running a mutants and masterminds game for us right now. And Mutants and Masterminds is not, it, it, it's a, you know, I know that superhero game players will go, well, it's not champions or anything like that, <laughs> but it's still a relatively crunchy game, yeah. okay? Yeah. Um, and we've honestly just been going into Zoom. Yeah. We don't have any, you know, like, he will, if he wants to show us something, he just shares his screen and shows us what he needs to show us, yep. and then we go back to just the video. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it works. It's, it's what he is comfortable running with. Yeah. And then I have another friend, Jen, who she knows how to do Roll20 really well. So she uses that fog of war. She has the special effects. You know, it's what she's comfortable with. So in this time, make sure you get your gaming in, but don't try and break yourself by doing something you're not comfortable with. Yeah, no extra pressure is necessary. <laughs> yeah. The second thing I'll bring up is be prepared to be patient with technical difficulties, especially when gaming online for the first time for some of your players. Yeah. I know I started, uh, when this all went down, my one friend had been running us a D&D campaign, and he works for the Department of Health in the county. So we very quickly realized that he was not going to have the bandwidth to keep running his game. So I stepped up and offered to run a Short Nights Black Agents campaign, which I had already set up in Roll20 for another group I ran it for. And I, for that very first session when we were going to be making characters and getting started, I planned for at least an hour and a half of technical wrangling and getting everyone on the same page, seeing if we could use... Roll20's video and voice interface, or if we were going to have to use something else, you know, and 
it was funny because my friend's wife kind of came over behind him and she's like, you guys aren't playing yet? And he's like, well, we're still kind of working things out. And I'm like, I planned for this. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we ended up, um, one of our games, actually both of the games that I'm running, I'm doing through uh, Discord. And part of that is because one of our players, the only way he can get on is through his phone. Mm. So because of that, Discord works way better than any other platform that we're going to be able to come up with because it's using less of his data and everything like that. So that was yeah. really a practical uh, situation there. But then I had to go through finding some dice rolling things so that, you know, he could put that on there and, you know, making cheat sheets for people to be able to read that. And then through game sessions, even when things are going great, there's been a few times where Discord just kind of drops out for a few minutes and we'll have to recap what happened. And it doesn't happen often, but maybe a couple times in a four-hour session. So it is a thing you need to get used to when it's going to be your primary means of engaging with a game. Yeah. Yeah. My my one friend that, that is in both the Knights Black Agents game and the Savage Worlds game, we've we've taken online out of, you know, meat space, so to speak. He discovered that his computer doesn't like uh, his his computer is old enough that his Chrome does not like Roll Twenty, so Yikes. he has to have he has to have the video interface open in Chrome, and then he has to open Firefox to look at Roll Twenty. Wow! And you know that was part of that that first session's you know hour and a half figuring out technical difficulties because like he could see Roll Twenty but he couldn't see anything that was actually on the virtual tabletop. So it was like, okay, let's let's figure this out. I will say I do know a lot of friends that have been like, okay, I'm upgrading my computer right now. Yeah. <laughs> things aren't working the way they need to. Like suddenly I'm dependent on this machine for all of the things and it must yeah. do all of the things. <laughs> so the the third thing I want I wanted to bring up is there is a different kind of etiquette you need to be aware of when playing online. Yeah. Because it is very easy to talk over one another, to have your audio difficulties adversely impacting everyone else. It's There's just different types of things you need to be aware of when interacting online. So I want to jump in on that because I just recently played a game that was written to be played online which was really interesting because one of the things that you gain, and this is why this is connected from being online and playing in something like a Zoom, is that you have a host who can, in fact, mute other people, right? And like normally, mm -hmm. if you're playing a game, you would never want to just like mute one of the people that you're playing with because that would be extremely rude. But so this game is called Longtime Listener, Last Time Caller. And the way that it runs as the person kind of facilitating is a radio DJ and everyone else is calling in. So what happens is you're muted until the radio DJ unmutes you, you know, in the process of picking up your call. And then when he hangs up the phone, whenever he wants, you're muted again. No one can hear you. <laughs> and so it's exactly like that experience of being on the radio and like everybody's listening. And then when he hangs up, they can't hear you anymore. Right. So that's really cool because it is definitely a thing when you're playing online like at the table you can have a side conversation and it can be a different level of conversation it can be much lower 
And so you can be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, I've, you dropped your dice or whatever it is, you know, and, and you can have that without disturbing the entire table. But online, you can't really, because it's trying to look for the sound to pick up what it should be focusing on. And you also can't just make one sound louder than another to like yeah. prioritize it, right? Like, because there's a, there's a limit to the loudness that comes through, right? So suddenly you'll just get two different people talking at the same time, same loudness. I'm also really fascinated to play, and I haven't done it yet, but hopefully it's the next one I will play with my game group. A, it's, I've just discovered a term, and I'm probably way behind on this because I'm reading up and like other people have been using this for ages, but I'm like still new to LARPing. So it is live action online games. So LAUG, I guess. Um, and <laughs> I have not heard that before. Right, I just found it recently. <laughs> so there's one from the Golden Cobra. I think it was... It was a couple years ago, maybe, or maybe it was last year. I think it might have been last year, but um, it's called "Are You There, God?" It's the quarterly report, and you're playing as angels, and you like are, but in like a business meeting, right? So it's like the setup of a Zoom business meeting, but you're angels. <laughs> your your special powers are things like being able to like, oops, I thought my mic was muted, but it wasn't, and like make a bunch of noise over other people to like distract them, or so other people can't hear them, like. So it's like you're you're actually specifically like using those those things that are really impolite or like, oh, I thought I was muted, you know, right? Like, oh, my my Wi-Fi went out. Sorry, I disappeared for two minutes. But you just like kind of get to determine when it happens so that it's most advantageous for you or most disadvantageous <laughs> for your, you know, nemesis. So like, I, I don't know. Those are really cool things. And it's interesting to me also then to to basically take the different etiquette that we have to play with online, which is being very aware of not talking over each other and, you know, wearing headphones so there's no echoes and like dealing with all that stuff and like making it part of the game in a cool way. <laughs> and, and I will I will throw in I will throw in a uh, kind of a, a, a call out for Senda has been doing some articles which are calling out a lot of these games which are designed more to be played online, more to take advantage of this type of situation. So you can totally play traditional games. You know, you can play D&D online, you can play Savage Worlds online, but there's also a whole bunch of other games out there that take advantage of these type of unique situations. Right. The idiosyncrasies, maybe? <laughs> um, it's It's definitely a thing that I think, like I said, kind of towards the beginning, like I've been looking for this stuff that is like, you know, this game was intended to be played this way. And so I don't feel like I'm missing anything or having to make up for anything by playing it this way, because this is like literally written into the rules. So that I mean, that's that's been for me part of like what I've been diving into and specifically looking at um, in this situation. But it helps that I don't have an ongoing campaign happening right now, right? Like we right. were in a space where we were running one shots anyway, trying to figure out like, what, what are we going to play next? What are we going to commit to? Right. And we started going into a star Wars campaign and then we played one session and it was fun and great. And then we just kind of didn't pick it up again. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> so, so we're doing a lot of like one shots anyway. So, um, so it's been a great time to look for and explore those kind of things. I think it's a little bit of a unique situation. A lot of people are moving campaigns online that they've already been playing for a while. Right. And then it is about adjusting. That was our, that was our Savage Worlds campaign. It technically started as a fake game, <laughs> but a whole bunch of us realized we really we weren't feeling fate as much as we thought we would. Yeah. 
so we switched to the new Savage Worlds edition, and we've been a lot more comfortable with it, even if it's not quite the same flexibility that Fate would have offered. And we basically just switched to playing online. And, you know, the funny thing is, is with that particular group, even though we had a lot of technical, you know, technical hurdles that first time with putting all of our characters into the sheets in Roll20, we still got about as much gaming in as we normally do because we we talk a lot. Yeah. Well, especially right now, I think I think there's something that actually probably should be said, especially in our current situation. I mean, I'm always an advocate of like leaving yourself a little bit of socialization time around your game time with the people that you game with all the time because they're your friends and you're going to want to hang out and catch up and see what's been up and stuff. But like, I think right now, because for many of us, this is the most social interaction that we get is gaming. You may want to leave yourself specifically and intentionally some non-game time, just like assume, (laughs) right? Yeah. We're going to all talk about, you know, how we're managing work from home and homeschooling and like all of that stuff. We're inevitably going to talk about that for at least 15 minutes before we get anywhere. (laughs) It's just a true fact. At least 15 minutes. At least. If not more. Yeah. Yeah. Is that about what you've been experiencing too, Jared? What I think is interesting is we usually have a lot of random chatter before the game. And that is true. But it does seem like once we start playing, we're more focused once we start playing than we are when we're face to face. So like we do need to log in that extra hour ahead of time and everyone just like comes up with random stuff that they're talking about. But the game itself feels more like, okay, we're playing now, so here we go. So I'm not, it's an interesting, you know, it's more like a Switch saying, you know, game time on than it feels like even in in face-to-face games. Yeah, I'd I'd say that's true because there's fewer, like, like, the group playing the Savage Worlds game, uh, it's the, you know, we would have our, we'd, we'd play for like an hour and then somebody would get up to get snacks or something and we'd be distracted and chat for a little while longer. And then we'd pick up playing half an hour later and just, you know, there's, there's, there's still that amount of time that takes us to chat and gab and all that beforehand, but there's fewer interruptions once we actually start playing. There's a really interesting thing. Um, so this, this is just kind of on a metal level, like my group now, even though we don't play in discord, we have a discord so that we are just kind of constantly chatting as a group. Mm-hmm. So what that does is that means that everybody's dropping in their ticky talky videos or whatever it is. <laughs> it's my new favorite thing to call TikTok ticky talky. I don't know why. <laughs> it's bad. Anyway, so like, you know, we're we're all just like sharing that kind of stuff like whenever it happens throughout the week and then we're not doing that like just ahead of the game or something like that. We're just constantly yeah. doing it and having those conversations. And it is also funny because we did, we also just started a play by post campaign that just sort of mumbles along at whatever speed it goes, right? While simultaneously we're still meeting on our normal schedule to actually do quote face to face unquote gaming (laughs) such as it is at the moment but like it's it's really it's interesting like i don't know it's interesting the ways that we're just branching into more but like also that like having the discord means we touch base for that like 15 minutes or half an hour and we do meet earlier than the game start point right people just sort of trickle in to hang and chat and then but like a lot of that stuff that we would sit around the table and share 
specifically and be like, oh my God, did you see that? It's so funny or whatever, right? Like that is actually happening just kind of ongoing mm-hmm. as a social sort of space. Yeah. In our Discord, um, our groups used to, after our games would wrap up at the uh, game store, we would end up talking out in the parking lot because often our game would run up until the end of the night and then we would talk out in the parking lot. Get out! Game store owners like, get out! So so one of the sections in our Discord server is now called the parking lot and that's where people post memes (laughs) and say random stupid things and... So that that yeah that is something that we built into that uh that discord. There was one thing I wanted to say about discord because there's a thing like right now you the the listener may not realize this. We can all see each other's faces right now. And that does make it easier not to step on one another when you're talking online. Yes. If you are just doing like a voice game on discord, sometimes you don't have that luxury of being able to read the body language and then people do step on each other. What one of my players started doing which is really interesting and it has helped out a lot is you know when it's not a structured thing like you know when you're in turn-based combat or anything like that they will start typing something into the discord chat and it's kind of a flag that they want to bring this thing up next so then the game facilitator can pivot to them and say hey you were talking about this what would you like to do and just having that cue in the the text portion of discord you know is a signal to you to keep you know moving the spotlight around yeah that's yeah that that's a good thing super uh handy. and most most of the interfaces have some sort of chat op you know like text based chat option associated with them too zoom has one roll 20 has it google hangouts has it I don't know about GoToMeeting, but I assume they have something it, like it that. Do- oh, GoToMeeting. Oh, I was thinking, sorry. In my head, it was like Google Meet, because that's what I use <laughs> for work. And that definitely has it, because it's like the new updated schmancy version of Hangouts, which, by the way, if you have it, and from an accessibility perspective, it has live uh, closed captioning. Like, it actually mm-hmm. closed captions Ooh. you live as you're talking, and it does a pretty decent job. Now, if you're playing fantasy with a lot of weird names or something, like, <laughs> it does its best, right? But it's pretty decent. Idella Mifflin. I know. <laughs> I'm super guilty of this. But it's really cool. Like, it's just a thing that I've been mentioning as an access- accessibility thing, because mm-hmm. um, it does it live. But I also don't know how you as an individual get it, because I have it from work. Yeah. because yeah, I, was, I was thinking... I was actually thinking about that when is so for the gnome cast for our listeners, usually I set up a Google Hangouts, you know, for everyone and it's it does the job. But over the past month or so, I've been using Zoom a lot more for various work things and various personal things. And I'm like, I think I like this interface a little better. So we're on Zoom right now. And I was thinking about this as I was sending out the link. I'm like, it's kind of sad that Google has given up on Hangouts and it's it's steadily dying. So the fact that they actually have something they're working on that's kind of new and improved and, you know, working on things a little better is is at least nice to hear. Yeah, no, Google Meet has actually been really great and I've been, um, you know, getting to use it a lot, as you might imagine in this situation. It's uh, the unfortunate thing about it is that unlike Hangouts, which I as an individual can use, like... Mm-hmm. Meet requires like a corporate Google yeah. package. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I mean, my hope is that what we see when Hangouts eventually goes is like some sort of 
meat version that becomes available on a public level, but who knows? Like, yeah, because the, the, the problem with Zoom is you can use it for free, but you're limited to like 45 minute sessions. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, um, I was in Sean uh, Kelly from Gaming NBS in uh, his game of Mothership that he's just starting up and he was running it through Zoom and we had like six people on there and it was going great. And I'm assuming he must have uh, paid for the upgrade because we were all on there for like multiple hours. So yeah, I ended up coordinating with a friend of mine and we, we purchased a year of Zoom because we figured, you know, well, sure we could pay for it monthly and it's it's only like 14 bucks a month or something like that it's like okay that's not that's not too bad but we we just plunked down the the year so we've we we've got the next year covered (laughs) if we need to do this for an interminable amount of time and it's got a built-in whiteboard and it can record so before we get out of here let me ask all of us what game are you looking forward to trying or playing online soon Senda, let's go with you. Right. I'm, uh, I'm literally in the process of writing my second list, which will be live by the time that this drops. So, like, you can refer to both of the articles so that you know what's in my actual two playlist. But the one that I am most excited about in this exact instance, because I just read it, is um, definitely Are You There, God? It's the quarterly meeting or the quarterly report. I'm I'm very excited about that one. Um, and I'm, I am I would really be excited to see you do that one on Sask. I don't know if it's going to happen on Sask or if we're just going to play it, but it, I'm experimenting with it. And I am also in the middle of a game of a response to the esteemed Dr. Crackpot, which is a phenomenal and I'm very much enjoying it. And it's your, your, your academics writing, you know, responses to each other in a, a journal of that's you know in your field and basically fighting in that really academic way where you're calling each other stupid without saying that you're stupid like (laughs) and we're fighting about kaiju reproduction and how we should manage that um so it's delightful (laughs) on that note jared how about you Um, honestly, one... can you top kaiju reproduction? <laughs> no, I cannot actually. Not, not even a little. Uh... <laughs> I have some theories. <laughs> uh, but now I kind of want to watch uh, Pacific Rim again, just through <laughs> through a different lens. Yeah, but <laughs> do it <laughs> anyway. Um, actually, the the game that I kind of want to get uh, back to the virtual table in this case is uh, fate because i really just want to set up a shared document and have it be really simple to throw aspects up on that shared document and you know have people refer back to that and you know be able to run it that way heck yes it actually almost seems easier to keep track of aspects than when i'm sitting here writing on my dry erase uh, index cards yeah 50 times per session (laughs) (laughs) yeah what about you and i have to say I really, really want to play D and D. Yeah, I know. Um, no one ever and, does that these days. Yeah, really. <laughs> my current, and, my current theme song of my life is "I could play Five E if I want to." Lucky for you, I don't want to. <laughs> I just so I when 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 this whole thing started, I reached out to my friend Jen Pixelscapes Gagney who is an expert at running D&D on Roll20, and 
kind of dropped, hey, I'm working from home. My schedule's super flexible right now. Any chance I could get you to run me a D&D game? And she's like, <laughs> I'm quarantined to the master bedroom, and I my computer died. No! <laughs> and I was just like, oh, no. She is. She is thankfully now. She's. She. She. She tested negative. She's out of her. Her. Her quarantine and able to interact with her family. But she still has a dead computer, so can't really run on roll twenty. But my one of the 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 Savage Worlds game. We're gonna end that after tonight's session, and uh, he's gonna TJ is gonna start running us an Eberron campaign. So I'm like, okay, I can get my D and D fix. <laughs> I just really wanted to play some D&D, some, some simple, you know, let me just lose myself in some simple old school fantasy. I, I joke, but two of my games are D&D games, so. <laughs> I'm actually terrible. Like, I'm really, really happy that D&D works online and that there are so many tools to do it. And I'm really happy that it is a means by which people can continue to socialize and stuff. I don't know what happened to me because I used I, I read so much fantasy and I used to read so much more and I played D and D and D and D alone for a very long time and then I was suddenly one day like oh, I'm bored and I haven't gone back. <laughs> you got smacked with the indie game. Bat. I really got smacked with the indie game bat and I was like oh this thing where like the games make me do emotions because there's mechanics for it I'm into it but like it just depends <laughs> on what you want out of a game and that just is where I am. Yeah. Right. Anyway, that's a completely different conversation. You know, like I'm, I'm, I am super happy that there is a wide gamut of games out yeah. there, and that we can pretty much bring all of them online if we. I need love to. it. The only one that I'm like really sad about is Starcrossed. Yeah, yeah. Starcrossed. The Jenga games, Ten Candles. The Jenga yeah. games not so much working with the worky. Yeah. Right yeah, now, I but... was going to you know touch on some of the stuff like I had just started a Spectaculars game that I was going to be running monthly. And that game is very widget heavy because mm. you build your character by putting cards onto a template and, you know, the initiative is card based and you can swap the card directions because like people with speedster powers move things up and back. So there's just a lot of physical engagement with the components. And I love yeah. that in a face to face game. And that's all the stuff that makes it really hard to convert to an online game. For reals. Well, 10, can ten candles simply wouldn't work. Yeah. Online, you really need to be face to face to play that one. Dread, Starcrossed, anything with the Jenga Tower. Yeah, the things so. is there's actually so much cool stuff that we're exploring with how physically interacting with objects can enforce the tone of a game. Mm -hmm. But we we just kind of have to do pivot for a little while <laughs> and play with the ways that the internet tools can enforce the tone of a game instead. And there's some cool stuff out there because, like Ange said, I'm writing articles about things that I want to play online that 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 push into that space, which is good and fun. Anyway, <laughs> I think we can start getting out of here now. Get out of here. This show is funded by the Gnome Stew Patreon. You too can become a Patreon backer by following the Patreon link on the Gnome Stew website to the Gnome Stew Patreon. This ad is brought to you by Future Now. We used to wonder where our flying cars are. But I want to know where my immersive virtual reality really is. Because if we're going to get the goddamn dystopian future, I want the cool stuff too, damn it. Uh -huh. <laughs> if you're enjoying the Gnomecast, you'll probably like many of the other misdirected Mark shows. Here's one to check out. Pandas talking games. Queer gamers talking about games and making outtakes. Phil and Senda answer your Hi. questions about RPGs from two perspectives. With some extra panda snuck... <laughs> Yeah. You're having a seven-take send-a moment. It's okay. Just go yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> <laughs>
That's the thing. Just, see, I rewrote it just to make next time I'm gonna write a tongue twister. Yeah, yeah. That's close enough. That's- <laughs> you can find all of us at Gnome Stew at Gnome Stew on Twitter and Gnome Stew on Facebook. Gnomes, where else can we find you on the internet? Jared, go. I'm hiding from the internet after that. <laughs> you can find me at Twitter at Knight Errant underscore JR. You can find me on uh, my blog page, What Do I Know? And obviously, you can find me on Gnomes Do. Senda, where can we find you? On the internet. Uh, at, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> You're all already laughing, and I haven't even said it yet. It's at Adela Midland, I D E L L A M I T H L Y N N D. Or you can find me at Sasky Podcast, which is She's a Super Geek. Or you can find me on Pandas Talking Games, where we have pandas and games. Yes. And outtake. And outtake. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely outtake. Sometimes that's just what you need. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as orikes 13 O-R-I-K-S-13. Though, as always, Instagram is mostly just pictures of my cats. And there's been a lot of pictures of my cats recently. <laughs> I might start a tiki talkie. We'll share that next time. Do you guys think we avoided the stew? Maybe. The virtual stew. Does the virtual stew burn the same way? Like, should I be scared of it in the same way? Or is it more like just a timeout? What are we? We're just having a a, a Matrix moment. We'll ask John later. And you're supposed to know this now. (laughs) How will we get thrown into the stew online? I don't know! (laughs) Gnomecast is hosted by Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Did I make that up? Okay, cut that out, Rob. I told you. I warned you. <laughs> this is how it's gonna go. See, I'm on. There's gonna be outtakes again. That's how this how that's how this goes. <laughs>